0: GM, GM, welcome to Web3 Academy, your one trusted source to capitalize on the next big phase of the internet. Don't get caught in the hype cycle. I'm Jay Bird, joined by my co-host, Raul, and we believe that Web2 brands are going to change the world. That's why we're carving a path for doers to confidently build and invest in Web3. Sick. I'm
1: so grateful to be live when that intro is made. (laughs)
0: Welcome to the show, everybody. We are breaking down today the blueprint for brands joining Web3. We're going to dive into some examples of some specific brands. Raul, why don't you kind of give us the lowdown on what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah, for
1: sure. So over the years, we've seen, you know, brands, a lot of brands like Dolce & Gabbana, Nike, Porsche, who just like Porsche joined the Web3 space in 2021. We've seen Tiffany joining last year. We've seen Mercedes launching an NFT collection just a few weeks ago. And we're just going to, you know, take a step back and look at what each of these brands did over the years to, you know, establish a blueprint of what worked, what didn't work so that you know what to do when you're launching um, a Web3 initiative. So today we're going to talk about the blueprint and about the playbook that we've learned over the years and give you that blueprint and playbook. So I mentioned a few brands here Nike, Dolce, and Cabana, Porsche, Mercedes, Lamborghini. All of these have one thing in common, and that's their consumer brands. And that's our focus for today. We have kind of like B2B brands doing blockchain stuff, like IBM, for example. They're more technical and don't really appeal to the masses. And we do. That's what we're here to teach about. That's why we're gonna focus on the consumer brands today.
2: The future of social media is here, and that future lives in Web3 on top of Lens Protocol. Web2 social platforms are broken and ripe for disruption. You see, the epicenter of social media is the creators, and yet they are the most neglected. Web2 platforms like Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram are all essentially robbing creators of their worth. Creators are a new type of entrepreneur, forming new types of businesses. Yet with Web2 platforms, creators don't own their content or their profiles, and that's their product and business. Instead, they're tied to the platforms they choose to create on. Well, just like how crypto is freeing us from banks, Web3 is freeing us from these centralized platforms. On Lens Protocol, creators own their content, own their profile, and even their social graph and followers in the form of NFTs. This allows you to move freely from one social application to another with your content, profile, and followers moving along with you. Lens Protocol enables self-sovereignty for your social graph and interoperability across the internet. At Web3 Academy, we believe this is the future of social and that's why we've partnered with Lens to ensure that the path of social media is heading in the right direction. Visit lens.xyz to learn more today
0: what's up y'all dudes? we're seeing signs on chain of the very early stages of a crypto bull run there's a big wave coming and we want to make sure you're on it now's the time to capitalize on the opportunity how you ask by starting to practice consistent dollar cost average buys into strong network-based assets like ethereum and bitcoin however when buying please make sure to use a trusted exchange Our newest sponsor, Buy DeFi, is a reliable exchange that offers you a platform to turn your fiat into crypto. They also offer awesome rewards, allowing you to earn up to $2,800 for completing easy tasks like setting up two-factor authentication and verifying your identity. If you're eager to get into the market, get started with Buy DeFi now by visiting buydefi.com, that's B-Y-D-F-I.com, or clicking the link in the description below.
1: So let's start off with with just saying that, you know, launching in Web3 is just like a more complex process that takes a long time. And it's, you know, it's made up of a few components. You have pre-launch, you have the launch, you have, you know, all these things that you need to figure out over the years. But let's just start off with a simple thing that anyone can do. And that's what we're going to list in this podcast. But Jay, why don't you start off with the communications channels? Where and what channels should any brand use to announce their Web3 endeavors and, you know, start to build a community?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. I think what we've seen that's been very interesting is we've seen multiple examples, take Adidas, take Porsche, take Puma, examples of existing brands starting a new Twitter account that is focused on their Web3 efforts. Now, I'm not saying that you need to do that, but here's what you need to understand. If you are a brand and you want to get into Web3, you need to have a communication channel through which to build community and reach your, I'm going to put this in air quotes, your Web3 audience, your Web3 followers. Okay? And there is a lot of risk, if you're an existing brand, of doing that through your existing channels. So if you're Nike and on your Instagram, or your Adidas and on your Instagram, which has millions of followers who are not there for NFTs, they're not there for Web3, they're not there for digital assets, they're not there for decentralization, and all of a sudden you start talking about Web3 stuff, you risk your image, you risk your reputation, and that risk is too big of a risk. So what we see is this: many of these brands starting a new account. Now, where is Web3? Where is the Web3 audience? It's on Twitter, it's in Discord. So those are the two channels that we see Primarily being used by brands. They're either starting a new Twitter account or they're using their existing Twitter account if they know that that is an account that maybe doesn't have a ton of followers or doesn't have a lot of risk of, you know, the potential of cancel culture, really, if you start talking about Web3 stuff. Because we know that, unfortunately, within the mass audience within most of the market, most people don't like crypto and NFTs and that's okay. They don't like it because they don't understand it. We don't need to get into that right now. They will like it and they will understand it in the future because this is inevitable and this is all coming. Blockchain will be in all parts of businesses. If you're a brand and you're thinking about jumping into Web3, one of the first things you need to do in part of your plan is what are the communication channels and you need to, I would recommend Twitter and Discord your Discord is most likely new, highly unlikely you already have a Discord. So that's great because you know that a new Discord is going to be the place where it's only going to be around your Web3 brand. Now, if you're going to do Discord, you better make sure you have the time to do it and you better make sure you have community moderators that understand how to keep it engaging. A lot of Discord servers start off with tons of hype and tons of excitement and then die down. So that's something you got to make sure you have people behind it. And then... Twitter obviously makes a ton of sense. And personally, I like the model of starting a new Twitter that is focused on Web3, especially when you can do, you can have Puma, Puma.e. But actually, let's take Puma as an example. Puma did not start a new Twitter. They took their existing Twitter and they turned it into their Web3 Twitter. It's got like 2 million followers on it and they just changed their their name to Puma.e. And boom, that became their Web2 channel for communication. So the thing that we see is if you are going to, what Puma didn't do was they didn't start talking about Web3 on their Instagram. They didn't start talking about on their TikTok. They actually purposely only talk about it on their Twitter. So you either start a new account, and if you're going to do that, do it in Twitter, or use your existing account, but do not spread it across all of your accounts. Keep it to one platform and make that your Web3 communication platform. Raul, I'm curious, what do you think? Do you like the idea of starting of brands starting a new Twitter account or do you think they should use their existing ones?
1: Yeah. So before I answer that question, I just need to say that don't launch on Instagram. People on Instagram hate Crypto and hate Web3 yeah. from what I'm seeing. So definitely stick with Twitter and Discord, as you said. Yeah, I had this discussion with t in our Discord the other day. I was just kind of like thinking about whether or not brands should, you know, create this extra account. To me, it just seems like a branch off from their brand. And they're like, okay, let's just test the waters here and see what, what's up, what's going on and stuff like that. I think they're not like really serious about what they're experimenting with. They're like, okay, let's just branch this off. And if this goes out, we, we won't get too much hate. Mm-hmm. The reason why this is happening, and I think, like t and realized me realize that this is a good thing, is we got to realize that people behind these companies are like very well-paid individuals. They don't want to risk their jobs. They want to take this step and they want to innovate for this company, but they don't want to lose their job. So I think it's overall, it's a good play to, you know, create this extra account. Like Mercedes did with their Mercedes Next and like Nike did with DotSwoosh and Artifact by acquiring Artifact actually. Yeah, I think that's, that's the right play. But as he said, for Puma, who... Like maybe if they don't have a huge social media strategy or plan, I think Puma didn't have a huge social media plan. They should just use that for Web3 if they're not using it at all. So it depends on on the brand. But yeah, I think overall they should make an extra account just to not get canceled because as you said, cancel culture is, is huge nowadays.
0: I think that starting an extra account makes sense in the beginning just because of the risk. Yeah, like I'm looking at Puma right now. Puma's two million followers on Twitter. Like, don't say that they don't have a social media plan. They got a, they got a massive mm-hmm. social media plan that they got two million followers on Twitter. But what they're doing is they're leaning into the fact that they know Twitter is where Web three audience is, and they're right now on their account they've got a pinned post that is all about the release of their shoe with the uh, Lamello, which is an upcoming drop, and you need a mint pass in order to get this. So they're really leaning in to Web3 in their Twitter, which is, that's a big risk to me. I mean, I haven't gone through and seen if they're, like, I'm curious. I'd be curious to know what the sentiment is. Like, are people embracing this? So there's 2 million followers excited about that. That's a risk. Like, I just think it makes, the other reason why I like starting an account just for your Web3 initiative is it gives you the opportunity to brand that account in a very Web3 way. Like, I love what Adidas did. Adidas went out, they bought it, and then they made Indigo Hertz. They created an entire character. They gave their ape a name, and then they made a mm-hmm. Twitter profile for Indigo Hertz. And he is the face of their Web3 initiatives. And you couldn't have done that on their existing, you know, you couldn't put a board Ape Yacht Club TFP on Adidas' main Twitter account. But you can do that, on their web three Twitter account, which is only going to attract the board API club audience. And we're going to talk later in this show about the importance of collaborating and partnering. But one more thing I just want to say is email. Email is the something we that we don't talk a lot about, email as a strategy in web three. And the reason we don't talk a lot about it is because I think most of us are so we're so sick of email where our inboxes are overflowing and we get so much spam. And Web3, hopefully, will solve the spam problem. We've actually done podcasts where we've talked about how we believe that Web3 communication can solve the spam problem that email has right now. Not going to get into that today. But I do think one thing I would include in my blueprint or my playbook if I was a brand entering Web3 is I would capture their my consumer's email addresses. Just because right now, what is happening is, okay, so you use Twitter and you use Discord, and those are your communication channels for your community, okay? Well, let's be real. People are going to miss it, right? Twitter is like the fastest flowing river in the world. You can, you blink it, you might miss something on Twitter, right? Discord, okay, a little slower. Definitely, you can have like an announcements channel, and it's much easier to get a message out to your community, but not everybody checks Discord and logs into Discord. So I really suggest capture email addresses in some way if you can, because you will use them. You don't even need to use the email. I wouldn't even use it in the beginning. I would just capture them. And then down the road, if you need to tell your community, like, hey, we just gave you an airdrop or hey, come back to the community. We now have a burn mechanism and you can earn something, or we just added a new utility, any sort of communication you want to give to your holders, email is going to be a big help for that. So I would really encourage capturing email as well.
1: Yeah, I think most people don't talk about email because it sounds boring <laughs> and you know, but it's it's super powerful. Like, We've seen newsletters sell for millions just because they have, I don't know, 50,000 emails. And it's a huge business. So for sure, if you're advising any business, you should bring this to the table because it has a huge impact. Now that we talked about the, the communications channel and we established that Twitter and Discord and maybe email is the way to go, why don't you tell us, Jay, about the few steps or like the first steps that any brand, regardless of like how big they are, what they're doing, what the product is, As long as they're a consumer brand, what's the three, five steps that each brand can take when joining R3?
0: Yeah, great question. Step one, get your ENS. Sounds so simple, but go get your ENS. It's a must have. And I hope most big brands, I would hope most big brands have done this already. But, you know, it it makes me think about uh, one of the best things that Budweiser did was they bought beer.eat. And then they built their entire Web3 brand around beer.e. That's awesome. Like now they own beer.e., not any of the other beer companies in the world, which there are, you know, thousands of beer companies, probably hundreds of thousands of beer companies, and they own beer.e. So go invest in some ENS, get your brand ENS, right? Get Budweiser.e. or whatever brand you are. And then also, I would probably invest in some other ones as well, right? Like think about what categories you fit into and grab those the way Budweiser grabbed beer.eth. The next thing I would do is I would really encourage people to start small and simple. Don't feel like you need to go build a smart contract. Don't feel like you need to go create a full digital experience. No, 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 no. Do something really simple, and the way you do that is give a free NFT to your most loyal fans. Do a free mint. And there's two ways that you can do a free Mint that's really simple. If you're doing an, an event, whether it be a digital event or an in-person event, give a PO Right. Well, you can talk about how last week you were in Portugal and Web3 Academy had an event. and We gave a POAP simply by scanning a QR code at that event, right? So give a PO app if you're an event. If you don't have an event, then I would just do a free Mint on a platform like Zora or something similar like that. There's so many different platforms, tools available to do very simple free mints where you don't need to understand smart contracts. You don't need to create the smart contract. Right? And that type of free mint, I would try to do that around something. Like, Don't just give a free mint that's like your logo. What we've seen a lot of companies do for a free mint is product launches. So maybe you're launching a new product. Maybe if you're a A fashion company, maybe your new collection is coming out. Do a free mint around that collection. If you're an artist and you got a new album coming out, do a free mint around that album. The thing about a free mint, you don't have to give utility in a free mint. That's the key. That's why it's so simple to do a free mint because it's just an opportunity to start to get your audience, start to get them in the mindset of like, oh, okay, I attended an event or I follow you and I saw this new product launch. Okay, now you're going to give me a free minute. And because it's free, there's no expectation utility. So you don't have to explain what they get from it. You just give them something. You get their wallet address as a result of that. And you start to have abilities to start to engage with them. And we'll talk about where you can take this. And The other thing I would say is whatever you do, make sure that it is a Web3 mullet like experience. And what I say, when I say the Web3 mullet, we say this all the time on the show, it's Web2 in the front, Web3 in the back. So let's say you're doing a PO app, make sure it's very simple. Make sure it's really easy. Use a QR code, which everyone understands it's very web too, right? Make sure it's very easy for them to collect that PO app. If they have to go and download a wallet and then set up a wallet, you're going to lose them, right? So, and this is where we're seeing so many software companies, so many tech platforms that are building these type of experiences where no longer is it like go download wallet, go to an exchange, buy ETH with from that exchange, transfer that money from that exchange to your wallet. Then you can go and mint whatever you need to mint. Like that is too much. So what you need is you need to hide all of that by making it very simple. So you need basically the ideal is somebody can come to your website, they punch in their email, they don't have to pay. And the problem with this is the challenge with free mints is we say that they're free, but they're never actually free because of gas and transaction fees, right? So you got to hide that. So what you need to do is you need to use a platform that allows you to do that. I mean, one example of that is Aurora Cloud, who is uh, one of the uh, biggest layer one blockchains that's built on top of the Near protocol. It's EDM compatible. They right now have built out a way it's called Borealis Business. And it's basically a protocol that allows any business to cover gas on behalf of the consumer so that you can do exactly what I said, so that you can give your consumer experience where it's like, come to website, enter email, click a mint button. You don't even need to set up a wallet. The wallet is set up for you using your email. It's going to be custody on your behalf. And let's be real, most people don't care about self-custody in the beginning. That's not the reason that people are going to enter at Web3. They're entering because they love your brand and they want to support you. And they're like, oh, cool. You're going to give me something for attending this event? Or you're going to give me something for this new product launch that you're having? Like, cool, great. I'll collect that. I'll be part of that, right? But they don't want to set up a wall and do all this. So you, you need that to be simple. Email either credit card if it's a mint with payment or ideally do it as a free mint and cover the gas. Use something like Aurora Cloud. In order to cover the gas, so you would pay the business, would pay for the gas in that case, uh, not the user. So it's you're incurring a little bit of a cost. But if you're using Polygon or one of these layer twos or side chains, then gas is going to be fairly cheap. You know, Honestly, you could probably contact, like if you contacted Polygon or you contacted Arbitrum or any of these or Optimism, I'll bet you most of them would be like, we'll tell you how you can cover gas or we'll split the gas with you because all of these chains want development, they want business building on top of their chains right now. I'm saying with Aurora too. Aurora would would probably help you out as well. So yeah, I think that just to go back to your question there, Raul, like what are the steps that any brand should take? Get your ENS, start with some sort of a freemint, whether it be a POAP or whether it be something connected to something you're doing your business, and then make sure it's a Web3 mullet experience where your users don't need a wallet. They don't need ETH or some token in their wallet in order to pay for gas, cover the gas for them and make it a really simple web 2 like experience
1: yeah very good points there i think a very good comparison it would be to think of the experience of getting your nft into these people's wallets the experience should be as easy as like going to a restaurant scanning the qr code seeing the menu ordering right it should be that easy if it's that easy you're set that's a good analogy
0: i like that one raul is it yeah, that's good. Hey, I want you to tell us about, um, just give some specific examples here. Adidas is, yeah. is an example of somebody that did a POAP. That was their first step, right? Adidas had a meta, I'm going to say metaverse event in air quotes, basically it did a digital event. And if you attended a digital event, you could collect a POAP. So that was Adidas. And that was the first step they did a few years ago as part of their Web3 playbook. Coinbase recently, this wasn't the first step, but just to give an example, When Coinbase launched BASE, was that at ETH Denver that they launched BASE, I think, back in March, they had a free mint on Zora where you could mint basically a a free token to say that you were part of the launch of BASE, right? What did Nike do, Raul?
1: So basically, they just allowed people to mint if they participated in certain events, if they were basically active across the community. So if they were in Discord, if they attended this event or that uh, meetup or whatever... They got the ability to mint, which is like kind of like a free mint. It's not like you go to a website, click a button, sign this transaction, and we have the, the NFT. You actually have to go and do something and then you get it for free. But this was just to ensure that there was no spam. There was, uh, you know, actually people engaging with something to get this and not just speculators. And I think that's a really powerful strategy.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And no, definitely like we all get so caught up in the fact that like we feel like Web3 has to only be Web3 drop that. Mm-hmm. You've got to use Web2 in your in your Web3 strategy. So build community in Web2. Get them doing things, whether it be through email or through Twitter or through Discord. Get them doing things and then reward them with free mint, but make it super simple, as Raul said. Let's talk about like grabbing attention. So over
1: the years, we've seen like brands partnering with existing, I don't know if you can call them Web3 brands, but they they really have like they are with the communities, basically. So we've seen like Adidas partnering with Board Apes, you know, when they bought the, the Board Ape and made it Adidas, you know, personalized. Then we saw Gucci partnering with other side. They're about to launch something. I, we all think it's a perfume, not sure yet. Then we saw Tiffany, you know, launching with, um, in partnership with Punks. They uh, launched these jewelries that were punk personalized. Then we also saw Mercedes partnering with Fingerprints DAO and, you know, artists. Uh, harm you want than DoorPool. I think that's how you pronounce it. And I just think that this has been the strategy of a lot of Web2 brands. What do you think? Is this the right play? Or is there another way to to
0: launch? I I definitely think it's the right play. This is the power of community. And this is what I don't think most of us don't really realize this yet because we're too early in the Web3 journey. But here's where this is going to go. Right now, let's take an a example of like a, an experience that we would all know. Let's say you're at a, a music festival, okay? You're at a music festival and you just have a general admission ticket, right? So you, you're walking around, you're going to different stages, you know, checking out different bands. And let's say you bump into your friend of yours who works for, you know, a brand that is involved in this music festival. Let's say they work for like, you know, heineken right and heineken's got like some special beer tent going on right well your friend's going to be like okay well i'm part of the heineken community right hey i got some wristbands for you right and now you because you're associated with your friend here are going to be able to get into this heineken community thing and now you feel special because you're like oh wow like and you feel affiliation to heineken right because they're experienced something really really cool that they put on right This is what's going to happen, but it's going to be... That's an example in person. In-person stuff like that is very expensive and very difficult to pull off because you got to have... A, you got to have thousands of people somewhere all at once. I guess sporting events would be another example of this. Like you're at a sports event and you sit in a certain section because you're part of soccer. I've heard is like this, Raul, maybe you can speak to this better than me. I'm not a massive soccer fan or football, as you call it in Europe. But from what I understand... There's different sections in the stadium where you get to sit there because you're part of some fan club, right? And they have access to that section. Well, this is going to be what happens with communities in Web3 is we are all going to be part of various communities in Web3. And as a result of being part of those communities, we are going to be given access to other communities. Communities are going to cross pollinate. They're going to say, hey, I love your community. You should come over to mine. Like right now we see this in social media, but it's totally bogus, right? Because it's not on chain. So we see this in like Instagram where like one brand is like, hey, follow this other brand and we'll pick, you know, and then comment and like and tag three friends and we'll pick three of you and we'll give you something, we'll give something away, right? And like, you don't know if it actually happens. You don't even really necessarily feel a part of that. You go follow that brand just because you want that free thing, but you don't necessarily feel a part of it. Like there's no community affiliation. Nothing like that happens. Well, throw all that out the window because in Web3, it's going to be totally different because the baseline, the foundation of everything is community. And because of tokens, which are the access point to communities and tokens, because they're programmable, they're smart contracts, what you can do with them is you can give access from one community to another community and you can do it digitally and you can do it permissionless. You don't need to go ask somebody for it. I get so excited about the collaboration potential of what's going to happen in the future, which is why it's so important. If you're a brand, you better be starting a Web3 community now. And forget Web3. You better be starting a community now. And the best form of a community is a tokenized community. So you better start a community. You better get tokens into their hands at some point. Now, just going back to your question here, I do think If you're a brand, what I would do as one of the first things I would do is I would pick some communities that I thought had crossover with my brand, right? So Adidas picked Board Ape Yacht Club and they were right, right? Like if you think about Board Ape Yacht Club is mostly male, mostly young, forward thinking, and mostly like a higher end consumer, more of a luxury consumer. And those are the type of people who like Adidas. They like streetwear, they're hip, they're forward-thinking. So that's why Adidas picked Board API Club. If you're a brand, go pick a community and join that community. Don't go to that community just on your own in the beginning and just say, hey, we want to partner with you. No, no, just join the community. And join them because you're going to learn a lot. So like, I mean, I'm not saying everybody needs to go join Board API Club. It's going to cost you $100,000. Like, don't do that, right? But find a community that's smaller and buy in, buy their PFP, join their Discord, and just start experiencing it. Start participating and see what it's like. And you will learn so much that will be so valuable to what you do in Web3. And you will also gain 10,000 people who now are going to love whatever you do because you became a part of their community.
1: Yeah. And Just to add to this, I think this concept of collaboration and building community, it's not new because of Web3. It's been there for years. For example, I support Arsenal. And when I went to the match with uh, a community from Romania, because we all support Arsenal, we got complimentary drinks at halftime. We got to meet the players. So we got like additional benefits. And I think this, you know, rewarding communities and supporters, it's at the base of any consumer brand. And it's been like this for years. I think the point here is that web three just facilitates a smoother process for this reward to happen it's not like inventing this that's what, what i want everyone to be clear on it's just facilitating a way smoother process for this to be a reality which is i think super powerful
0: yeah i think that like just to build on that the two reasons why every consumer brand should be planning in web 3 is because web 3 does two things better much better, like a million times better than web two does. It does engagement way better and it does loyalty way better. And if you're a consumer brand, those are probably the two most important things within your marketing and sales categories within your marketing and sales departments. So you want to be there. Now, right now, there's always this like asterisk of like, we are in the first inning, therefore the tech is shit and the UX sucks. So like, Definitely right now, you could be like, oh, Jay, actually, I don't think Web3 does do engagement better because the UX is so bad and it's so difficult. And you're right. You're right. I get that. Or you could say, oh, the loyalty isn't so great because I need to do so many steps in order to receive the loyalty. You're right. Okay, sure. But that's right now, right? That's like saying that like at the start of the internet, buying something online was, yeah, Doing e-commerce at the start of the internet was shit because it was a difficult process, shipping wasn't figured out, credit card processing wasn't figured out, it was a nightmare. But if you were one of the first people to bring e-commerce to your business, I guarantee you thrive because you were there before everyone else was and you are ready when the UX got better. Like all this UX, like I think that's the thing. Don't worry about all that shit. Don't worry about wallets. Don't worry about like, you know, yeah, you need to understand where it's at right now and be able to communicate that to your users. But all of that, there's so many businesses figuring all of that out. There's so many super smart people that are going to figure out all the tech and make the UX amazing and simple. All you need to do is just start to participate in Web3 because if engagement and loyalty matter to your brand, then this is going to be a way to do it way better than you've ever done it before.
1: Great, great, great points there. Yeah, I think we, we just established like how to have a most likely a successful launch. But I think we've seen a lot of brands, you know, launch and fail still. And we've seen, you know, Porsche launching, they, they tried (laughs) to launch an NFT for one ETH per NFT in like a bear market and they had to stop the main halfway through. Now this wasn't really a fail because they still made 3.5 million from this. They made about 2000 ETH, but it was like worse than projected, but we have other brands like Scotch and Soda, which is my favorite clothing brand. They, they launched an NFT and basically just looked like, like a slow rug because couldn't deliver after they launched. So it just left their whole community vulnerable and confused. No one knew what, what was going on. So I just wanted to ask you, how how can brands avoid something like this, where they have a plan, but then when they execute it, they think, okay, this, is, this was not the right way to go. And then we need to pivot, and then maybe they don't pivot. How do they fix that from the start?
0: It's a good question. The first thing I would say, and there's many examples of, there's no shortage examples of Failures, or I don't know, if failures is the right word. Failures is so strong, like that assumes that like you're done and you're out. I wouldn't say it's failure. There's examples of like mistakes, right, or uh, missteps along the way. And I think the first thing that's really important is you do need to be, if you're a brand entering Web three, you got to be super clear with what your goals are and what your objectives are and what why you are doing this. So that's like business 101, right? Don't think about this as like launching an NFT. Think about this as launching a new product or building a better community mechanism or creating a a new digital experience, right? Like, so you gotta be super clear on what your goals are and what your objectives are. That's just the first thing I would say. The other thing I would say is, and I almost think this is like, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but like hire a blockchain expert or a team. Like if you are a brand and you're you know, Scotch and Soda, let's take that as an example, Raul. I don't know who worked on that, but the simplest thing I would do, I talked about joining a community, right? So go join an existing Web3 community. So you're Scotch and Soda. I don't know who matches with Scotch and Soda. Raul, like, can you think of a PFP collection that matches with Scotch and Soda?
1: Not really. They are like more extravagant, like a lot of colors, maybe doodles. Doodles is
0: like young though. It's like an older doodles. Who's like an older hip doodles? Maybe moonbirds. Maybe moonbirds. Yeah, moonbirds, moonbirds yeah. is more art, but like they're kind of artsy. Yes. Yeah, so Look, like, let's say moonbirds, right? So like, anyways, go join an existing community and become part of that community. But then also make sure you hire people who know what they're talking about. And this is the biggest thing I want to say to everybody that's listening in this Twitter space, or if you're listening on the podcast, if you're not here with us live, if you want a job right now, and I don't mean a full time job, if you just want like a consulting gig, go approach any brand that you love and you use, just like you know, drop them a note in Twitter or anything, and just be like, hey, what are you guys doing with blockchain? What are you doing with Web three? You know, do you guys know what you're doing? I would love to. I would love to help you build a plan. Is Wanzie in here? I don't think Wanzie's in here anymore, but Wanzi was in this was in the Twitter space earlier, and he was. Early, like I must have been six months ago, he's a big music fan. He just approached Ultra Music and he helped them write a blockchain plan for using an NFT as a ticket at one of their upcoming events. You know, it's not like he's like some, you know, big name consultant or has an agency or anything like that. He's just, he's just a guy who's a hustler and approached them. And so I think there's a big opportunity for anybody right now to be a blockchain consultant. And if you're a brand, you better be hiring blockchain consultants or you better be hiring. Blockchain experts, really what you should be doing is you should be hiring a team. But obviously that depends upon budget as to whether or not you can afford to hire a full team. But that's the ideal in my mind. Like Adidas, Nike, Tiffany's, Gucci, the brands that have been doing this well, they've all got a full blockchain team that is within the organization that is, they're gonna be Web3 Native. They're experts on blockchain. They're attending the conferences. They get this stuff from the inside out, right? It's like the early days of the internet. You would have hired a like, you know, a digital team for the first time. And that digital team was what took you online. Well, same thing. Now you need a blockchain team and that blockchain team is who takes you on chain. Well, great to answer.
1: We also got a question from to Softball. And by the way, if anyone has any questions, just feel free to drop them in the comment section or raise your hand uh, if you want to speak and we can address them. We got a, a great question here that fits in this discussion, and it's from Captain Southpaw. He asked, "How do you build community? Though does, does every brand have a community potential?" And I just think that every Web two brand that has a product, they can build a community, and they have built for the most part either a consumer brand. They have built a community. The reason why they should come into Web three and you know build out that community is just because to build a successful community in Web three, you just got to be present, and you have all these tools, and you can apply to you know grow this community and I think every brand has the potential especially if they have the product you just web three just facilitates that process of building that community. I don't know if you have anything to to add Jay
0: yeah I think that like you do not need web three to build community. All you need to build community is something that you all share, right? And usually it's a shared mission. It's a share, it's a shared set of beliefs, right? Like you could be a, a coffee mug company and you could build community Because you believe in artisan creations of like one-of-one coffee mugs and you believe that artists should be celebrated and you're going to get other artists who are like, yeah, I really believe in one-of-one and I really believe in, you know, or you could be a coffee mug company that believes in supporting uh, communities in some developing country where they don't have as much opportunity and you give 1% of your profits to them. And so you can have other people join your community or brand that believe in that same thing, that's all you need to build a community. You need a clear set of beliefs, things that you believe in, and then what's going to happen is other people that believe in the same thing will be attracted to your community, and then you'll start to engage around that. So you don't need Web3 to build a community as long as you have that that shared set of beliefs. Web3, as you said, Raul, it's just a way better toolkit to engage your community. I think that's the one thing it's like, Blockchain and Web3, it's a toolkit. It's not a product, right? NFTs are not a product. NFTs are not a business. They're just a toolkit and a toolkit that you can use to build stronger communities, to create better engagement with your fans, to, to create better loyalty, to create better digital experiences, all things that your users care about and they want, right? So yeah, I don't know if that that answered your question there. Um, Raul, I want to hear the Porsche versus Mercedes example when we talk about. You mentioned Porsche before, and they they made a mistake. They didn't fail. They overpriced selling their collection at one ETH. It wasn't even a problem to sell it at one ETH. The problem was that the supply was way too high at one ETH, so they didn't sell out. But they they adjusted quickly and they just capped the supply. But why do you think Porsche failed versus like why do you think Mercedes is successful right now?
1: Yeah, so I think it's the answer is based on your point with like hiring a blockchain team or like blockchain experts. So what we've seen from Porsche is like, they didn't seem like Web3 native. It seemed like like their communications were basically coming from their marketing team, who just like were assigned this Web3 project, go launch an NFT and build this community, have this Twitter account grow, whatever. On the other side, from Mercedes. What they did, first thing they did was grab an e- ENS, e- 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 then they had a bunch of Twitter spaces uh and Discord events and stuff like this, where people on their team who were, they had these board apes, MFers as their PFPs, they were long-term and very well-known uh Web3 native people, they were the ones who led this project. And while, okay, Mercedes didn't raise that much money, but it's not about the race, it's about like their plan, it just seemed like They were much more communicative and it made like better sense for for their plan and the way they communicated for the long-term. So I think that's where, as you said, ports didn't fail. They still raised 3.5 million um, and they can still do a bunch of great stuff from here. Their floor price didn't tank; It's still at 0.9 ETH, I think. But it's just like from the start, if you want to ensure that you have a smooth process all the way through your journey, as you said, just hire a blockchain team or partner with these. Went your experts like Zeneca or Farouk or, or maybe we through the Academy as well and you'll have a much better post
0: it's crazy that like hire an expert is part of a blueprint or a playbook like you know it seems like the most obvious <laughs> but but it's so true over the next year everybody watch you're gonna see some brands do stuff and you're gonna be like oh yeah I can see why they, I can see that they did not hire an expert here or you'll be like oh I can see that they did hire an Right. Or involve that sort of I mean Louis Vuitton right now, right? Like Louis Vuitton is pushing their forty thousand dollar NFTs, which, you know, let's not get into that price and whether or not that's a good idea. Time will tell. It's a limited supply, so I can understand I understand why they're doing a forty thousand NFT because you get a trunk that is probably worth somewhere between twenty to forty thousand dollars anyway. So there's utility and they're a luxury brand. So it makes sense. And there's only like two hundred of them. So also kind of makes sense to me but in the case of Louis Vuitton what are they doing right now they're partnering with like the biggest web 3 influencers Farouk Betty from Dead Fellows. those are the two that I've seen but I'm sure they're partnering with a whole bunch of large influencers in web 3 and involving them and that's just like such a you know hire a team work with web 3 influencers and web 3 creators it's just such a like an obvious step to me Mm -hmm. but yeah there will be brands that don't do it
1: yeah th- I think the reason people are missing this is because like in web two, if you want to start a business, you just go read a few books on the matter. you listen to Simon Sinek and you read Elon Musk's book to see like mm-hmm. what they did, and you learn from there. but in web three, you, you don't have a playbook like you don't have a book that you can read, you don't have a certain podcast that you can take all the learnings from there so. You can't learn on your own unless you do the mistakes. So you better just partner with someone who did those mistakes, learn from them, and, you know, can teach you as well. We talked about, like, uh, pre-launch, basically. I want to ask you, and maybe this is, like, a part two of this this episode, but I want to ask you, how do you make sure that projects ensure long-term success? Like, what are the next steps? And give us, like, sort of a TLDR, because we're going quite far here.
0: Yeah, I think that, so the first thing I'll say is, like, everything we've talked about up until now, all of that fits into phase one of your web three strategy, right? We talked about community. We talked about free mints or free web three actions. We talked about hiring a team and we talked about collaborating or partnering with an existing community. So like, those are all like, that's kind of like all phase one, right? What we haven't talked about is we haven't talked about phase two, phase two is where you go out and you write a smart contract and you launch your first NFT collection where it's a paid NFT collection and you set up and you create utility within that collection and you use burn mechanisms and you use airdrops and you token gate, that's space too And so we're not going to get into what the playbook is for all of those things in this episode. If you guys want us to talk more about that, uh, let us know in the comments or come into Discord and tell us that you want us to break down more of the what I would say is like the step where you actually build your own smart contract and build your own web three tech basically which then creates a digital experience and more engagement and all of that. So if you want to talk more about that, we can. We're not diving into that right now. I think that to answer your question, Raul, one of the things to achieve long-term success is be very consistent in your communications, right? So know your purpose, know your goal and communicate that over and over again. I mean, this is true of any business. Why has Pudgy Penguins been so successful since Luca Nets took over? Because they have been very clear that they want to be an IP brand. And part of being an IP brand is having their NFT collection, having toys, and then that will lead into movies and TV shows. And they have just they have said that and they have repeated that over and over and over again until everybody knows it. And so you gotta be very clear on your goal and then just repeat that communication. The other thing is do not use web three talk. Okay. Nobody web three wants to hear this, but nobody outside of web three wants to hear about decentralization or self-custody or NFTs or tokens. They don't or minting. They don't know what the fuck that stuff means. And it just confuses them. And if they get confused, they feel stupid. And when they feel stupid, they leave so do not use web3 talk i already mentioned this use the web3 mullet and your user experience so figure out a way to use email as the onboarding do not require them to have a wallet figure out a way to use email where their email automatically creates a wallet for them in the back end it's a web3 mullet use credit card in order for them to buy if they need to buy and even better do a free mint and you cover the gas so they don't have to pay anything in the beginning And then the final thing is really focus on utility and benefits, right? Like, again, Web3 is a toolkit. It is a toolkit. It is not a business. And so if you are creating a new product, you don't go out there and tell everybody about the the toolkit that you're using to do it. You tell people about the benefits of what they're going to get for using that product, right? So for example, like when Apple... Launched the iPod, they weren't going around being like telling everybody about MP3s and all oh, we're going to sell you MP3s. No, nobody knew, nobody cares, gives a shit about what an MP3 is. Was MP3 an incredible technology? Yeah, it was incredible. It was game changing. It was the first time you could take a large music file and compress it into such a small format that you could put thousands of them on a device. That was huge. It was huge. But nobody was talking about that. Instead, everyone was talking about, oh, get music in your pocket, thousands of songs in your pocket. That's all that's the utility. That's the benefit. That's what people care about. So really focus on the utility and the benefits, not on the tech, not on the, the web three talk. You know, that stuff will come later. And if you want to be part of those conversations, that's why you follow the Web3 Academy. Because I'm not saying that decentralization and self-custody and self-sovereignty aren't important. They're incredibly important, but that is a different journey, a different path. People go on that path and that journey, not through your brand. They're, they're your brand because they love your brand and they love your product. If they want to go on the self-custody, the decentralization, if they want to go on that philosophical journey, they can do that in other ways. And you might suggest where they do that, but don't shove that down their throats because they're just going to get pissed at you and they're going to peace out. Oh, and the other thing I would say is too many brands have gotten too caught up in airdrops Airdropping is a dangerous thing because I actually am really starting to not like airdropping. Uh, The more I learn about Web3, I much prefer like I prefer requiring my users to engage by either burning or minting than I do or collecting. If you want to call minting, collecting, then I do airdropping because the problem with airdropping is there's no engagement. Like the user doesn't do anything. Sure, it's cool that all of a sudden they have something in their wallet but they don't even know that that thing is in their wallet. They don't know what the value of that thing is. They don't know what to do with it, right? So I would really focus on, yeah, don't airdrop. But anyways, I'm kind of getting ahead to that phase two of like mint, burn, airdrop, token gate, all of those things. Those are all the mechanisms of Web3. And we're not really talking about how brands use those. If you want to learn more about how brands use those, go back about a month ago, we had a pro report all about Adidas Mm -hmm. and their... Basically, a case study of what they did in Web three, and we break down how they used basically how they launched their first collection, how they gave utility, how they used the burn mechanism, how they created uh, traits and sub communities, and then how they use token gating, uh, and that kind of all breaks down those mechanisms.
1: Great, that was great, Jay. I think the point to emphasize is the fact that people should indeed focus on the utility and the benefits, and not the features. That's the one on one of copywriting but i think it's hard for people to because we don't have clear in real life you know use cases yet for nfts i mean we do but it's like they're hard to explain so i think for the future we'll we'll uh we'll get an article out there telling you all about you like 30 use cases that you can tell your friends and family and if you are looking to advise businesses to get into web3 that will be super helpful as well jay question do you have any other other thoughts to add before we wrap up here
0: my final thought is um I get really excited about like the future, right? Like I think that like people we we get so caught up on where we are now of like speculation and like price of crypto and price of NFTs. Like that's just this moment in time. That's not what the future of web3 is going to look like. The future is going to be very different. And when we have this future where we have right now what was this the the stat from last week, Raul? We, we wrote a pro report and I think we had an all-time high on monthly active wallets? It was twenty million. Twenty million monthly active wallets. That was the all-time high. Okay? Ever. All time high. Twenty million. That's freaking potatoes compared to the eight billion people that are in the world. So we're still so, so early. So don't forget that we're early. And what will happen in the future when we have a hundred million? a billion monthly active wallets that are and we will we will get there at that point in time one of the most valuable things that you can have if you're a brand is wallet addresses okay it's just like email wallet addresses are going to be the new email in the future because you're going to be able to communicate directly with wallet addresses you can kind of communicate with wallet addresses right now but the ux is awful And it's not simple. And like, uh, yeah, there's so many issues with it. Uh, And there's also a lot of challenges right now around wallets being spammed and airdropped a million different things. And so it's it's a mess right now. And it's going to be fixed very fast, okay? And so if you're a brand, one of the biggest reasons why I would be activating in Web3 is because I would be building out my database of wallet addresses of my consumers and my users. Because if you have that, that is going to be the equivalent of having an email list right now in web two, And we all know how valuable an email list is. We all know the millions of dollars that companies spend on building email lists. There's so much value. And email it is the best direct to your user communication channel. Well, email is going to become a, I don't know, I'd say it's become a thing of the past, but it is going to be nothing compared to the direct communication channel you're going to get with wallet addresses. So yeah, if you're a brand, Make sure you are in some way starting to build a database of wallet addresses. It will be very valuable.
1: Totally agree. Sweet. Let's wrap up. So for everyone that stuck around, thank you for for listening. We will have this as a podcast that's going to be dropped tomorrow, so you can re-listen if you couldn't listen all the way through. If you want this in written form, just subscribe to our to our newsletter because we will send this. Uh, in written form on Wednesday. Today's newsletter was just dropped on BlackRock's ETF. If you want to learn more about that, and that's it. Jay, do you have anything else
0: you want to tell people about? Yeah, the UX of Twitter Spaces sucks. I just got kicked out and had to come back in. <laughs> um, can we get Clubhouse back? Is there remember Clubhouse? What a moment in time Clubhouse was. I wish, like, and then and then Twitter had to go and make Twitter Spaces and basically ruin Clubhouse but Clubhouse was so much better than Twitter Spaces. Somebody go make a Web3 version. Somebody go approach Lens. They just got $15 million in funding. If you're like a tech guy and you're a builder, you're a dev, go make the Clubhouse of Web3. I'm telling you, this is where all Web3 communities are. And we're not all going to be on Twitter forever. We're going to be somewhere else and it could be on your app if you go do that. So uh, somebody go do that. My only other thing I was going to mention is two things. One, if you want us to dive more into the playbook around like minting, token gating, collecting, airdropping, burning, all those mechanics. Please let us know if you guys want that. We'll do, we'll build, we'll create more content on that. Uh, also we've got a protocol report coming out in the next two weeks that's a case study of VFriends Burn Island uh, and really dives deep into the burn mechanics of web three and how I'm so hype on burning and the potential of burning as a just an incredible engagement tool for communities that are in web three. So make sure you check that out. And if you're not pro, make sure you go pro so you can get that case study. This is the type of content that if you are working with brands or you're a builder yourself, these case studies that we're doing within pro, you can basically steal them and like put them directly into your deck and they'll help you build out your hypothesis or your plan or your playbook and you can use these case studies. We've done Adidas in the past. Next, we're going to do Friends. If there's anybody you want us to do a case study on, please let us know. Come to Discord or drop us a note in Twitter. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, are we going to do questions, Raul? Or are we in a wrap? We're, we're over time.
1: We're way over time. And we didn't have any questions apart from the one that we already asked.
0: Oh, one more thing. Uh, uh, this is a Twitter space. If you're listening to this on a podcast, I'm sure yep. you've got this by now. We should have mentioned this at the beginning every Monday, we're going to do a Twitter space at noon Eastern time, show up in Twitter, and then you can ask questions in the Twitter space. And then we will also produce the Twitter space as a podcast that will come out on Tuesdays. But we'd love to uh, see you guys all in Twitter because it's more fun to engage with you guys here.
2: AJ. Thanks for today. Have a great day. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy, your one trusted source to capitalize on the next big phase of the internet. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and subscribe or follow so that you don't miss the next one. While you're at it, there's a link in the description for our free newsletter where we provide timely and relevant Web3 insights so you can confidently build and invest in Web3. Make sure to subscribe today. One final note. This podcast is for educational purposes only and nothing we say is financial advice. Crypto and Web3 are risky and you should never invest more than you're willing to lose. Thank you, friends, and see you in the next one.